being set apart for love. A lot of Christians think that they're made holy so they can do works. <laughs> you're made holy so you're one with the Father, so you can walk with God in Eden. He might ask you to do some stuff once in a while, but very little of it is actually about works. Works come from a slavery mentality. The greatest works are walking with the Father in the Garden of Eden. There's nothing greater. The meaning of life is restoring your soul through your spirit to Eden. Eden is the place of perfect divine love. That's the realm you're born again of. When you ask Jesus into your heart, that's the realm that came into your spirit. Amen. Now, the entire process of after you're asking Jesus into your heart is getting your soul in that place, completely sealed with the love of the Father in your entire brain, in your entire personality, in all your eyes. You have to be sanctified in your eyes. The fire of His love will burn out your eye sockets. There's a sanctification for your eyes to see by the Spirit all the time. It will renew your brain. It's important you understand that the human only uses about 7-10% to 10 of their brain capacity. That's because only 7-10% to 10 of your brain is for the flesh. The other 90% of your brain is for your spirit ability. And your spirit ability is manifest by intimacy with your Heavenly Father. Intimacy produces power. There is power in purity. There is power in love. And this power is not just to do great exploits. I mean, that stuff will come off of you automatically, effortlessly, without even trying. Jesus was just walking places and people touch Him and get exploded with power and be instantly healed from every incurable disease. It was completely effortless. The issue is, is stepping into those realms of power where your walk with God becomes effortless. Stepping into realms of God the Father's glory where the Father can do all the works and you can enjoy Him full time. Amen. And it's not so much about what your body's doing, it's about what your heart's meditating on. You have to meditate on Jesus all the time. You have to develop your marriage covenant. You have to put time into it. If you just give Him your mind, you can pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians says, Rejoice always, give thanks, and pray without ceasing. Amen. Praying without ceasing is practicing the presence of God and releasing the river all the time. When your mind's renewed, you'll do it automatically, subconsciously, effortlessly. The issue is knowing the ways of God, learning His ways, and yielding to His power. Your promised land is walking in God the Father's power. When you're set apart for the glory, and you get all demonic influence off your heart and soul, you'll walk in the fullness of your promised land in the power of God. Amen. 
What robs us of our inheritance of walking in God's power is demonic influence. And everyone's dealing with it. People are struggling. But the answer is always going deeper in intimacy in your heart. The foxes are going to win some battles. You're not going to win every battle. No one's ever perfect after they're born again. But if you understand the war, and it's a love war, you can win. Because all the attacks of the foxes are against the vineyards of intimacy of the new wine inside your spirit. They attack the glory of God. The glory of God is the love of God. The God of glory thunders love. The seven thunders is the release of the Father's perfect love. God is love. When He thunders in a powerful prophetic voice, everyone encounters and is drenched in liquid love. You've been baptized in water. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now it's time to be baptized in the glory of God. It's a different baptism. There's many baptisms, and the most important baptism is the baptism of the intimacy of the love of His glory. You realize in the parable of the wise virgins, those were dedicated disciples. They loved Jesus with all their heart. You know, they're probably Christian leaders. But there were new realms they were entering in that they knew nothing about. They had the anointing. They were full of the oil. They served the oil. Amen? Their wicks were trimmed. They're sharp. They're prophetically accurate. They're serving the Holy Spirit without any religious influence. But there was still whole new realms of glory when they entered the bridegroom's chambers. That's entering the glory of God. That's a greater glory that we know nothing about. That's where we're going. That's the place of the great harvest. When we go that deep in intimacy, by the anointing, full in our bodies, that carries us into His power. God's going to reveal dimensions of His power during this time that Christians have never known about. We've seen glimpses into the power of God. We've seen mighty signs and wonders. We've seen incredible things from the servants of Christ throughout the last 2,000 years. There's been miraculous stuff. It's awesome stuff in the Bible. Dead raisings, miracles, signs and wonders. And it's all good. But He saved the best wine for last. And the wine is the power. Meaning, He saved and reserved for this time the strongest wine. The strength of His dunamis dead raising power. And we need it. We need it. We need it to overcome the red dragon. We need it to overcome our carnal mind. We need it to overcome the foxes spoiling the vineyard. We need it to overcome our pride. The main thing that wars against the glory of God is religious spirits pretending to be God ministering to your pride. There is so much religion in this world. This world has fallen because of one thing. Religion. Religion caused Adam and Eve to come out of the glory. And religion has a witchcraft. And religion has a fading glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. There's a fading glory. So people can even practice religion. You can practice the magic arts and have a fading glory. Hallelujah. So it's incredibly deceiving. The only way to come out of that much deception that's in the world is to go deeper into the glory and expose it. As it's written, everything done in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. 
and everything in darkness will be brought into the light. Jesus was preaching a powerful message of the glory of God that would reveal all men's hearts. That what was inside everyone's inner man, what was inside everyone's spirit. We see the outer man, we cannot judge by the eyes. We have to see the inner man, and it's most important to see our inner man first so that we're not hypocrites, pointing out, pointing out specks in people's eyes with planks in our own eyes. If you see anything wrong with someone else, then you need to intercede for them and lay your life down for them. Especially in leaders. Because leaders come under the most attack and they're the most vulnerable because they have the public stage. You know, any gossip and slanderer can be abusive towards a leader. I mean, that's the easiest way to sin in the entire world. But it's actually more difficult to lay your life down and go into the Spirit and pray for them and pay a price for them, and work with their spirit through intercession. That's what you need to do. Unconditional love meets everyone where they're at, and you can see the spirit, and you can see all the stuff in the natural dimension coming against their spirit, coming against their ministry, coming against their marriage, coming against their relationships, coming against their business, coming against their finances. Health and finances are two of the main things Satan attacks in the Christians that are really going after the anointing. The people that go after the anointing are the most attacked. Because if they weren't attacked, they'd have all the power, and Satan and his influence in the world would be completely eradicated. So there is resistance, most of all, towards those who press in. You need to understand that. There's hardly any resistance towards those that don't press in. Pressing into his power. Pressing in to his glory. Amen. Especially when it comes to the realms of sonship that totally erase the seven principalities of the second heavens. In Ephesians chapter 6, they're called demon gods, spiritual wickedness in high places, powerful principalities that have influence over the souls of the nations. They're called demon gods. Now guess what? When you rise up as the sons and daughters of the resurrection and take your thrones in the heavens, take your seats of authority and power in the Father's house, those demon gods get cast out of the heavens. Which means the air gets sweet and cleansed. And you'll actually begin to rain glory from the sky instead of demonic influence. People are so influenced even just in the air they breathe. They'll get around sin, and sin will come into their mind and tempt them to do all kinds of sinful acts every day. To be religious and to be rebellious. To be idolatrous and to be immoral. That's all the sin that's in the world, is idolatry and immorality. There's nothing else there. It's that simple. It's black and white. It literally is black and white magic. It's the magic arts. Magic arts are only idolatry which is white magic, and immorality, which is black magic, lust and perversion, greed and covetousness, and all the religion and rebellion that's in the world. It's all, that's all that you have to overcome. And it only works within the brain. And so once your spirit's built up in the power of God, and your soul's sanctified, if your soul gets sanctified from the magic arts, you'll have power over the world. The issue is, after you're born again, can you get all the religion and rebellion out of your soul? Yes, you can. Romans 12, 2, be transfigured by the renewing of your mind. The word is metamorphosized. There's a metamorphosis 
of the brain by the power of God. The power of God is produced from intimacy. The power of God is produced from the realm of Eden, from the glory realm. Amen? And it rises in your heart as you give your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your education. Paul says, I had to sacrifice my education under Gamaliel in order to have the knowledge of the glory. He literally says that he spells it out for you. I had to give up all the stuff I thought I knew about God in order to actually have intimate revelation knowledge of Him. You can't have both. One is pride that will kill you. The other is the glory of God, the Word of God, Jesus Christ on the throne. One is knowing Jesus, the Word, intimately in your spirit with power. The other is having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. It's very, very tricky. Satan is an angel of light that deceives. He comes and he ministers into your brain all kinds of good information. Most people will just eat it up because it sounds good, sounds good. But you have to test every spirit in Babylon the Great. you got 200 million religious spirits, according to Revelation chapter 9, that are telling you that they're the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and they're not. They're demon spirits. Demons will always pretend to be of the kingdom of heaven. After you're born again, that's how Satan corrals all of the Christians and neuters them, castrating their power, stealing their birthright and their inheritance of living in the glory of the power of God. It's all done through religious witchcraft. In order for the bride to get powerful and rise into the heavenly angelic sphere and melt down the seven mountains, you have to understand this realm of witchcraft that's been robbing you. You have to understand Revelation 2 and 3 of what the overcomers must overcome in order to have the nine overcomers' gifts, including being seated on the throne. One of the overcomer's gifts is to be seated on the throne of God in heaven while your body's still on earth. How many want that? That's what the Bible teaches. Revelation 2 and 3, Blessed are they who overcome, for they will sit with me on my throne. And I will give them a scepter, and they shall dash the nations to pieces like pottery. And I will give them the morning star. Amen! You need the morning star, you need the scepter, and you need the throne. And on your head there will be a crown of life. The life is the glory of God, the river of life. You will share in the divine nature through all your soul. Stephen with the glowing face. You're going to have glowing faces. It starts with glowing hearts. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with him along the way when he illuminated the scriptures? Amen. Your hearts burn. Your spirit burns. You get built up by the scriptures in your spirit. Not in your brain, in your spirit. And your spirit transfigures your brain. And as your brain transfigures, you rise in spiritual elevation on Mount Zion. Mount Zion is an elevation of going from glory to glory by your spirit man getting built up in the Word of God. And when you're built up and sanctified, and all of the Klingons and all the demonic influence is removed off of your heart, then you'll have the full power of God working for you mightily. The overcomer's gifts are for those who are fully sanctified of heart and soul and mind 
and strength. Amen. And we're getting there. It's getting better. But you have to understand, the enemy comes around and doesn't want you to walk in any of this power. It'll come with all kinds of distractions. All kinds, your family will freak out. It'll be like Job. They'll come around and they'll be opinionated about everything. All of a sudden, they're experts in the things of the glory. All of a sudden, they're, they, their theology is perfect. And they'll, they'll come out of the woodworks to try to shut you down, just like they came out of the woodworks to try to shut Job down, because Job went after the double portion. Amen? And it's similar to that. It's different because we're in a new covenant setting. But you do go through a lot of spiritual warfare because you are taking the heavens. Meaning you are dislodging things that are already there and have been there for a long, long time. Ephesians 6 says we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but we wrestle. Wrestling is the most intimate form of combat. When you're wrestling, it's meaning your soul is interlocking with these other souls. And it's by the glory of God that you conquer these strongholds. The strongholds will come against your souls. Oftentimes, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with regions. Dealing with stuff over cities and stuff over nations. Amen? And I know everyone that's mature at the sound of my voice has been dealing with that. And it's a time of tremendous victory. Because it's a time of tremendous power. And the power is birthed in the glory of God. And the glory of God is the atmosphere of Eden. And it's a place and a geography you can live in internally and then through your renewed mind manifest into the earth dimension. It will begin to wash all souls around you. Jesus Christ is the desire of all nations. His glory is what they're looking for. Isaiah says, And nations will come to the brightness of your rising, bride of Christ. As the bride rises on Mount Zion, going from glory to glory, it will capture the world's attention. People will see the glory of God. Amen? They'll see God. The pure in heart see God. You see God working on the inside of you, cleaning you up, getting you raised from the dead, getting you sanctified, getting you operating in the overcomer's gifts. You getting to know Jesus Christ intimately, going into new dimensions of intimacy, new dimensions of glory, new realms of power, and walking in greater power. Glory to glory means power to power, strength to strength. That will become our witness, the power of God outflowing from us, the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection is our witness. The anointing is evidence that Jesus was raised from the dead. Amen. And for those that are sent, He has given His anointing without measure. Amen. So how much anointing do you need to fix your whole city, to fix your, old, your whole nation? God's given it to you already. If you see a need and you go into the kingdom dimension and you rely on it with all your soul, it will manifest from through you. It will manifest from you and through you. And it will make you a leader and a ruler over that region as you manifest the divine ability through your life laid down. <laughs> when Paul and Barnabas were going into cities, the Bible says that the gods, they responded this way, the gods have come down in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, Paul they called Hermes. They were naming them after the gods of the heavens because they were walking in so much power. Now we're not... Zeus and we're not Hermes 
and we're not any of those gods, but God said you are gods. This is important stuff. Because false humility wants to steal your birthright saying you're not gods. Listen to these verses and you decide for yourself if the scriptures are true. Hallelujah. Psalm 50 verse 1. The God of gods, the God of gods, the mighty Lord himself has spoken. He shouts over all the people of the earth in every brilliant sunrise and every beautiful sunset, saying, Listen to me. And in Psalm 82, 6, Didn't I commission you as judges, saying, You are all like gods, since you judge on my behalf. You are all like sons of the Most High, my representatives. The word gods there is Elohims, meaning it actually means literally creators. So God of gods means creator of creators. But uh, an understanding the importance of your role in creation is essential for removing the fallen angels from this universe. Because until you take their position, they're still going to be there. And what they beat your souls up with every day to keep you down saying, Oh, I'm not, I'm not a god when the Bible says you're gods, is false humility, religion, that keeps you in the dirt. You have to rise. Now, there's no pride in this because what makes you God is being possessed by God, the God of gods. And you are all gods. And you're not going to perish like men because you don't live like men because we don't go after the spirit anymore. We go, I mean, we don't go after the flesh anymore. We go after the spirit. We live by the power of an indestructible life. Godliness means you are gods. Amen? Glory to God. doesn't mean you worship anyone, but it does mean that you have all of His divine abilities, that you have a glorious throne, that you have the morning star, that you have a crown on your head. Everything about you in a mature Christian state looks like God the Father, since you are the offspring of God and you've been born of God that you are of the heavenly class of beings that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper. Who is your dad? Heavenly Father. We say Heavenly Father all day long, but we're so religious that we're like, well, I'm not equal to the Father. That's what Son of God means. So overcoming the false humility of religion, the pride in us that pretends to be humility, that I'm nothing, I'm just an insignificant worm. Well, you were nothing, and you were an insignificant worm, but you've been metamorphosized. The glory transforms you into His exact likeness. Hebrews chapter 1 to the point where He's not ashamed to call us His brothers and sisters of the same group of beings that created the world. You have to get this, because this is the transformation of your souls out of animals and out of slavery and out of the curse of the fall into the fullness of His power and glory and authority. And Satan hates this message more than anything because it gets your birthright back and it dislodges the principalities. The only way the seven principalities of the seven mountains even exist is if you stay in a slavery form. If you rise up in your birthright, in the power of the God of gods in you, and you reveal to people what Paul and Barnabas did, the gods have come down in the likeness of men, and they can't tell if it's you or God the Father because there's so much Shekinah glory burning through you. 
How would they know? Jesus Christ is God. Amen? He's the God of gods. Acts chapter 9, He shows up brighter than the noonday sun. You're going to have to show up. Stephen was on his way, and that brightness, that Shekinah, was beaming through his face, and they noted that his face looked like a beaming angel. The Shekinah glory was visible and physically seen coming through his brain because his spirit was so built up with grace. Amen? He was on the way to manifesting sonship. Now, if he'd gone all the way, he wouldn't have been able to be killed. That's true. You come to a place where there's so much glory, you're indestructible. As it's written, Christ cannot be killed a second time. You start walking in power and that deeply, you're indestructible. Bullets will bounce off of you. X-Men and Marvel have nothing on the sons of God when they manifest in power. You'll have superhuman abilities. There's been men and women throughout history that flew through the sky like Superman. Ezekiel flies a thousand miles in the book of Ezekiel. Philip is teleporting five miles in the book of Acts. Superhuman abilities. Men and women that were not God but were created by God that began to walk in God's ability. It's all about the transfiguration of the soul to begin to walk in God's power. And all the temptations of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are to cut you off from the power of God, to neuter you. So you have to repent. And you, you get sick and tired of having one or two areas of your life steal your birthright of walking in awesome power. The power of God is your promised land. The power of God reveals why you've sacrificed. Don't let flies spoil the fragrance of Christ. Don't let foxes spoil the vineyard. Get on fire and do whatever you have to do to get those areas of your life cleaned up. Amen. It's worth it. Because that's right when you get those areas cleaned up, the power will be turned up without measure. People are usually just one or two areas off from just walking in full-blown resurrection power with the heavenly witness beyond Stephen with the glowing face. Just walking on water, walking through walls. And we're going to break through, you guys. We're going to break through into a heavenly witness together. And nobody's doing it alone. Other people get breakthrough. Other people get sanctified. Other people encounter realms of holiness. The body of Christ gets strengthened worldwide. We are one as God the Father and Christ are one. John 17, high priestly prayer. Let them be one as we are one. And we are one in Christ. Meaning any member in particular of the body gets breakthrough in sanctification. That sanctification is passed on through every Christian spirit life on the planet. The bride is getting built up. And you have to walk by faith because no one really knows perfectly right where, where, right where we are. They'll know right where we are when the fire of God begins to scorch society. When you begin to see a wealth transfer, a power transfer of the natural realm from the governors and tutors to the sons of God. Amen. There's a transfer. Those mountains get assimilated. The mountains of the Lord become the mountain of Christ. It's true. The fire of God burning of the anointing oil melts those seven mountains. The book of Enoch talks about seven metal mountains. You don't, do, you don't have anything to do with those seven mountains. That's the doctrine of demons. What you do have everything to do with is Mount Zion, the mountain of the Holy Spirit. One mountain only. Only one mountain. 
Mount Zion. Jesus Christ is a mountain. God the Father is the mountain of the Lord, rising as chief of all the mountains. This mountain is a mountain of burning anointing oil, a mountain of power. And it's going to burn so hot in our hearts and through our renewed minds that it will melt the natural dimension. All the power, all the wealth of the natural dimension will be melted into Mount Zion. And the men and women of the overcomers that stand on top Mount Zion, Revelation 15, who sing the song of Moses and the Lamb, will have all the power and the wealth of cities and nations transferred to them. But you have to be in a mature state and you're tested continuously. That's where we're growing into. All the testing we've gone through in our Christian lives, all the refiner's fire, all the revelation knowledge, all the encounters is to mature us into a place to be the governors over cities and nations. And it's going to be apart from politics. There will be no voting systems. These are kings and queens. These are the gods of the God of gods. These are the sons of God. Amen. Truly, they are the 144,000, the rulers of the angelic heavenly sphere that took out the seven mountains. doesn't take a lot of people. It just takes a high quality of burning in the Shekinah glory. God the Father could do it himself as one man, but he, he doesn't. He does it through us because that's the new covenant restoring mankind back to God the Father through intimacy in our hearts. Us growing in power is part of God's redemption plan. It's not God just doing it on the outside. That's a doctrine of demons. It's God doing it inside, not on the outside, inside through intimacy, through sons and daughters getting to know His power, getting to know His glory realms, getting to know His revelation intimate knowledge and what He's capable of doing through our transfigured inner man, through our spirit man built up in glory. And then we get strong in God and God uses us to take back this universe from Satan and his angels. And we'll put the serpent, the ancient red dragon, the primal evil, under all humanity's feet, the Bible says, for a thousand year millennial reign of Christ. We usher in the thousand year millennial reign of Christ where there will be no spiritual warfare for all humanity for a thousand years, the Bible says. And the beast and the false prophet and the red dragon were sealed under our feet in the bottomless pit for a thousand years. That's what we're entering into, the thousand-year rest of the Lord, the day of the Lord. And in order to bring in the day of the Lord, God's not going to just do it on the outside. He's going to do it through men and women. We are the predestined, foreordained sons of God to usher in the day of the Lord, the day of rest for all humanity. Amen. That's your calling. That's what you're a part of. That's what the training's for. That's why it's so intense. It is life and death for all nations. And there's been many casualties thus far. We've seen hundreds just in our ministry. It's been serious stuff with the drugs and all the temptations and all the accidents. The demons don't want you to get the revelations of who you are in Christ. The demons do not want you to wake up. They don't want you powerful in the glory of God. They will let you have all the anointing. They'll, they'll let you have all this stuff as long as you don't enter the chambers of the king and become the kings and queens of glory, the manifest sons of God. They'll let you be infants in Christ in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't like that. 
but they'll let you have it. Anything to stop you from manifesting as mature sons of God, transfigured ones of soul, manifesting the seven spirits of God through your innermost being and through your brains. White stones with new names on it. Crowns of glory, blazing, seven blazing torches, seven horns of power. Praise His power, Psalm says. We praise His power. Let the power of the seven horns of the slain Lamb be magnified through every heart and every soul in the Bride of Christ. Let the power of God dramatically increase this season for all the enemies of the Bride to be demolished under her feet to bring in the great harvest. Let us have a glowing Bride without spot and wrinkle. Let all the demonic influence that's holding back the power of God be completely vaporized, electrocuted off of the bride by the glory of God. Let the glory of God come upon every member of the bride. Let the bridal company be strengthened with might. Let signs and wonders accompany everyone who speaks the word of God in the body of Christ. Everyone who believes will speak the words of life and there will be signs and wonders accompanying every believer since you are a royal priesthood. Amen. A holy nation of Israel. Amen. Israel means the sons of God, the 144,000. Mature ones. And as you demonstrate the glory of God and the power of God, it will transform the atmosphere. You'll rise up. You'll confront stuff that doesn't like you rising. You'll deal with it. You'll lose a few times. You get sick and tired of losing. So you sacrifice more, realizing the cost. It's very costly. It costs you everything. What, where we're going, and some of you that will, go, that will go with me, it will completely cost you all of your death. It will cost you all of your self-consciousness, all of your awareness that you even exist. You'll only become aware of Christ and our Father. Amen. You'll only be aware of the power of God flowing out of your hearts like a mighty river of glory. That's where we're going. Only aware of the Holy Spirit and the bright Holy Spirit cloud hovering over the earth. When Jesus was conceived, the Bible says that a Holy Spirit cloud hovered over Mary. How about we join the Holy Spirit in the cloud and hover over cities and nations? Amen? That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to rise in the cloud of the Holy Spirit. We're going to go deeper into the Holy Spirit. We're going to get to know the Holy Spirit and the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit on levels we've never known. And the gifts will keep working, but we're going to get into the seven spirits of God. We're going to get into maturity. We're going to become temples of the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. Amen. We're going to walk in the fullness of the Messianic anointing, every single one of us, a brother and sister of the Messiah, with the same exact anointing of the seven spirits of God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord, the seven spirits of God, the creative power, the creator of creators, what makes us creators, Elohims, gods, Yahwehs, sons of God, gods of the heavenly sphere, angel-like sons of God, all these terms written in the scriptures is the seven spirits of God, the creator of heaven and earth, power surging through us. 
And he doesn't just surge it through us unless we yield and grow in intimacy. He only does it through friends. You can't just ask for the power of God and not be a lover. Because he's not producing slaves. It's not power for works. It's not power for powerful ministries and to look good in front of others. He doesn't care about that stuff. What he cares about is a relationship with you that's real. Like a real father to a real son. He wants intimacy. He wants you to know him. The father wants his friends restored. Adam and Eve were friends of God. And the serpent stole that friendship. And they fell out of fellowship. Where are you? They were, their souls were locked out of the spirit and they were in the natural dimension. Now through Christ, our souls come out of the natural dimension and we join our Father in the spirit. We join our Father in the glory dimension through the blood of His cross. And we grow in the glory of God, which is growing in intimacy. And as we grow up, the Father adds responsibility unto us. But He'll only add responsibility unto His glory, His power, His strength, His might, and His sustenance on the inside of us. He will strengthen us with superhuman energy. And He'll mightily enkindle it. There's a kindling, there's a growing in the fire of God. I make my ministers flames of fire. And my angels are winds, helping the fire of God blow hotter and burn through regions, burn through hearts, burn up all the wood, the hay, and the stubble of the works of Satan in our cities and nations. Start with us. Let us be fuel to the flame. Any area in our life, that is not perfect, we give you permission, Heavenly Father, to get in our face, confront us, and get the sin out. We want to burn hotter with your glory. We want to demonstrate your power in a new way, because the world needs it, we need it, and we're set apart to be an example of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the power of God, the glory of God. So refine us in every area of our life, that we can be an example of your glory, an example of your love, and an example of your power to everyone around us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate at redlettermen.com and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.